What's going on, everybody? Matt here from the Service Industry Podcast. And today I'm bringing you a podcast and I'm piggybacking a little bit off of a video we did. Uh, It went live today on YouTube. If you want to check it out, uh, you can find us at uh, Service Industry Coach on YouTube. If you search that, you'll see we've got over 100 videos on there. Anyway, piggybacking off that a little bit, but you know, YouTube's cool because you can tell a story and uh, create content through video, but I can't create a 20 minute video that most people would watch the whole thing. And so YouTube's like a a short tidbit of basically what I'm going to say today, (laughs) but you should go check it out anyway, because it's a pretty sweet video. Um, But today I'm talking a little bit about basically the system, like society and how becoming an entrepreneur is not even still like an option to most people. Like what the schools are teaching our kids are teaching us. Um, you know, it's, it's like a one path, uh, you know, they've got like their whole layout of, Hey, this is what you do step-by-step to become successful. And, you know, for, for most of us, we understand that's, you know, in high school, you get good grades, you go to a good college, you go to college, you do well, you get your diploma, and then you get a respectable nine to five job that pays you, you know, 50 to $80,000 a year. And you work until you're 59 and you retire, right? Like that is like the respectable path to a successful life. And for me growing up, like that was not me at all. And I knew from an early age. So that's kind of what this podcast is all about. And I want to kind of dive in. Um, This is going to be a little bit deep for me. And I I contemplated even really doing this because it makes me a little bit vulnerable uh, to all you guys knowing my entire backstory. Um, But it's okay. Uh, It is what it is. I I wish people put more real content out, um, you know, and, and less of trying to make us look all perfect, right? All the time. Uh, because we all do life, you know, um, and, and we all have, you know, some of us had crazy lives or do have crazy lives. And for whatever reason, like the internet, social media, uh, seems to force many of us to try to put this facade on that we're all perfect and we're not. And so, um, basically that's what the show's about today. And I think it's going to encourage some of you guys, even if you're older and you're like, well, dude, I'm out of school. So I'm past that stage. So this does not apply to me. Well, I think it does because, uh, you know, first off, if you are in school and you're like, dude, I don't think like these people, like I, I don't, I want to own my own company. Like I'm an entrepreneur. Like my mind is different. The way I think is different. Like that's one thing. But for older people, like, even though you're past that stage, like me, like it's easy to get trapped in, uh, old mindsets of what people told you or what you were taught. And so I want to try to help to break some of those from us today, uh, including myself, right? Like even me, sometimes I go back to thinking like, man, like, did I blow it? You know what I mean? So kind of backstory on me a little bit. Uh, my childhood was kind of crazy. Like it's interesting. Uh, my business partner, Mitch, we talk about this a little bit, like, um, how some people handle things differently right? Like if some people were to have the childhood I had, they may be messed up a little bit, uh, in, in certain ways, I guess, maybe emotionally, mentally. Um, and then there's other people like me or my brother who like, it just, what it is what it is. Like when we were growing up, like that's what we knew. That's all we knew. And we weren't going to complain about it. Right. And so growing up, 
you know, my parents split up very early. Uh, I was about one years old and my brother's actually my half brother. So we have the same dad, but different moms and kind of like your typical, you know, split up family. I would go see my dad every other weekend. And, uh, my dad lived in Flint, Michigan. Um, wasn't the greatest area. He lived with my grandma and he lived there my entire life. Uh, his entire, you know, basically his entire life, I should say. Um, you know, my dad never owned his own home. He never rented his own home up until the very end. And, uh, it wasn't really a home. It was like a, a makeshift motel in the hood where long story short, where basically prostitutes and crackheads lived. And, uh, you know, growing up, uh, my, my mom lived in the same trailer park as my dad for a while after they split up and, and, you know, I would go see my dad every other weekend and, uh, I didn't know any better, right? Like I didn't know my dad was an alcoholic. I didn't even know what that meant. You know, when you're two, three, four, five, six, seven years old, like you don't think about those things as a kid at, you know, cause you shouldn't have to. But as I got a little bit older, you know, I started to get, you know, six, seven, eight years old. Uh, you know, my mom would say things like, um, you know, your dad's an alcoholic, you know, that's why we got a divorce. Your dad's never held a job. Um, you know, you don't want to end up like your dad, you know, you don't want to become the person he is all this kind of stuff that he, she was putting in my head. And, and I don't think she was doing it maliciously. In fact, I know she wasn't, but regardless it's you know, it, it was almost like one parent talking bad about the other, which should never happen. And even when she was telling me that stuff, like I said, I'm young, I don't understand really what she's saying. Right. And so long story short, years go on. And I'm going over there every other weekend. And I remember I'm probably, oh gosh, probably nine or 10 years old. And my grandma would come pick me up for my mom's, you know, on a Friday when I would go over there because my dad never had a car. Long story short, I, we pull in the driveway and it was not uncommon for my dad to be sitting on the front porch, like waiting for us to get there. And, uh, typically my brother would be there already. He was almost always there. He'd beat me there. And my brother, to kind of backstory on him, um, although we see very differently now as far as political views and, you know, almost kind of what I'm talking about now, college and school and, and all this stuff, like, like I love the dude to death and, like, I owe him everything because growing up, man, he was like my rock. He was my hero. I wanted to be just like him. He always stood up for me, you know, whether it was against bullies or, you know, my dad or whoever it was, right? Like I loved my brother and he was always there when I would, I would pull in the driveway on Fridays and, uh, he wasn't there this time. He hadn't made it quite yet. And my dad's sitting there like normal. I jump out. I'm like, Hey dad. And he stands up. And I remember this cause it was the first time it like, pro- it was probably wasn't the first time it ever happened. Like, like he had been so drunk that this had happened, but, uh, it was the first time it ha- ever happened. I'd been on my own. And he stands up and he says, slurs some words. I can't understand him. And he starts walking towards me and I can remember it. And, and now it like wouldn't be scary. But when you're a little kid and you don't know what's going on, it was scary. I remember it like him walking towards me like a zombie. Right. And hang with me here because this story is going to come back around. But I remember walking towards me like a zombie and scared me to death. And I was scared because like that wasn't the dude I knew. Like that wasn't my dad. And I was a little bit scared, like, what's he going to do to me? You know what I mean? And I remember I turned around and I take off running. My grandma lived in the back of this trailer park in Flint. 
and I just ran as fast and as far as I could. And I got all the way to the front of the trailer park, and it's basically like almost a highway where the entrance is. (laughs) And I stopped. And all the mailboxes are under this port up at the front of the neighborhood, and I go inside this port, and I'm sobbing. Like, I'm crying. I'm scared. And uh, long story short, uh, my grandma eventually finds me. She's driving the car around looking for me, and she finds me, and she brings me back, and my brother's there by then, and and you know I felt safe and I was good but like that was the first moment I remember thinking to myself like like this is different like something about my dad is different than like my friend's dad's at this time you know when I was three years old my mom had moved to a town about 15 20 minutes south of Flint called Fenton Michigan and it wasn't like a super nice neighborhood but it was definitely a step up from the trailer park and I, I would go to friends houses and so you know 10 years old I'm like dude like like my friends' dads aren't like this. Like they don't freaking zombie walk towards me when we show up in the driveway, right? Like when they talk, I can understand them. They're not slurring their words. So that was the first time I ever started to realize like, hmm, like something is different here. And so I know that's kind of a long story, but I just want to give you some context. Like when I say like my mom or my aunts and uncles would say things like, like if you keep on this track, you're going to end up like your dad. Like it wasn't just something like, well, we hate your dad. So we're saying that. No, it was like, like that, like your dad is basically a failure in, in society's eyes, man, he was like straight up. Right. And so it was heavy when that was told to me and it would mess with my head. Like, dude, am I blowing my life? Because his life was blown. Right. <clears throat> Forgive me. I'm, I have a little bit of a cold, but, and so kind of backtracking a little bit of why I'm even on this topic. Like how many of you guys you know, we're told by like your teachers, your parents, friends, you know, family, whatever it was like, we're told that because you thought different, like for me, it was, I always had, I always got bad grades and going into the sixth grade, I went to Fenton and I I remember right outside my history class, I could look out the window and across the street was a business and the business was called tops. It was a fruit market. And this is kind of weird, but like, I remember I would say I had to go to the bathroom, I'd go out and I would just watch this business operate. The trucks would come in, people would unload the trucks, bring the fruit inside, trucks would leave, trucks would come. And I was fascinated by it. And I didn't even know why, but I just loved watching this business operate. And I, that was my worst year of school uh, to that point academically. Like I bombed out. I'm talking ease in every class. And I had some other things happen to me at that time. My dad had almost died from liver failure and from drinking and all this other stuff. And I was stressed and, but that wasn't why I was doing bad. The reason why I was doing bad was because I started to recognize like, like I think different than all these kids, you know, even at that young of an age, I started to recognize it. And so my mom moved me school districts the following year because she thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe these other schools will teach a different way, or maybe he needs to get around some new friends or whatever it was. And so we moved and long story short is from the seventh grade, basically until I graduated with, I was a D and E student and I went to summer school and I had counselors. My mom took me to counselors to, you know, like not school counselors. I'm talking like, like for mental health disorder counselors and would take me and like, just like beg them to figure out what is wrong with me. Like, no matter what I say, no matter what I do, this kid will not do his homework. He just won't do it. And at that young age, I didn't even necessarily know why I just understood. Like in my head, I'm like, what I'm learning 
Like this is never going to apply to me in real life. And so when we moved, it was probably one of the biggest blessings for me because I met what was my new best friend and his dad was an entrepreneur. He owned a bunch of real estate, still does. I still talk to him all the time. And, uh, you know, I started to hang out with them. They lived on the lake, like rock star family, like totally life changed from what I knew, right? At this point, I was old enough to decide that I didn't want to go to my dad's every weekend. And I went from going probably every other weekend to once every couple months. And so I'm hanging out with these guys, my new friend, his dad, and I'm there every day. Dude, I'm talking every single day I'm there because it's just such a life change. Like, like I didn't know, like, I didn't understand. Like, I, I was so used to poverty. Like, hey, money doesn't grow on trees. You know, like, pinch every penny you can because we're just trying to freaking make it. Like, that's what I was used to. But when I met this friend and I started going to his house and he's got a nice house on the lake, they have boats and nice cars and... I started to recognize like, man, like life doesn't have to be so hard. Like, why are my parents making it so hard on themselves? And uh, my friend's name was Luke and Luke's dad started teaching me. And, you know, we would, he would take us tubing on the lake and everything, but we never got to do anything without working for it. I'll never forget that because I'll do the same things to my kids. And I, I thank him that this is how it was. And what's funny is like, when I say like, we couldn't do anything fun without doing something to get it, like to earn it, we'd be like, hey, we want to go on the boat. Okay, cool. Well, I'm installing a sprinkler system. So today we're going to dig out these trenches. When they're done, we'll take you on the boat. Tomorrow, we're going to dig out these trenches for the sprinkler system. When that's done, you can go on the boat tomorrow. It was always something like that. Or, hey, my rental houses, they need the lawn, it needs the lawn cut. Or, hey, the strip mall needs the lawn cut. Like, we always cut the strip mall grass. Like, we're always doing something to earn what we want to do. And I remember my mom and some of the other kids' moms being like, like, that's like almost like slave labor. Like, he shouldn't make you work for that and blah, blah, blah. And what they didn't realize was like, he was teaching us a lesson. What he was teaching us was nothing just happens. Like, you have to work for it. And I'm so thankful for that lesson. Like, and so year after year after year, being there all the time, they're basically my second family. I'm learning these lessons. And my nickname was Tarzan. I don't really even remember why other than like, I was just kind of a crazy kid, but he would always say, Tarzan, you've got to, you got to work hard for your money in the beginning. But soon after that, you have to figure out how to make your money work hard for you. You have to figure out how to make money work hard for you. If you want to be rich, financially successful, you've got to figure out how to make the money you have go out and work for you. Over and over and over, he would tell me this, okay? Ingrained it into my brain, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, just ingraining this into my brain, right? And as a young kid, like you don't think about saying things like that to seventh graders, but it's the whole reason I am who I am today. And so I'm going through school, right? To get back on track a little bit, I'm going through school. I'm getting horrible grades. My mom's sending me to freaking mental health counselors. And in my head, I'm like, dude, I'm not doing the work because it's not going to apply to me. Like I know what I'm doing. I'm owning my own business and that's the route I'm going. Whether you like it or not, I don't care. And so 
you know, I blew off school. Now, I am not saying that was the right thing to do. The older I get, the more I learn that sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do. Well, that was one thing I probably should have done better. But to that argument, I also don't think that uh, it was something I had to merely focus on and that only and that that was going to be the thing that made or break my life, right? Like my whole family made it out to be. I literally stopped going to Easter and Christmas and all that stuff because I would go and my aunts and uncles would be like, how's your grades? I'd be like, dude, stupid question. You already know that. You already know the answer. Why are you asking? Well, you know, if you don't get your grades together, you're not going to get accepted to a college. Okay. Well, if you don't go to college, what are you going to do? You're not going to be able to make money. How are you going to survive? You're going to be poor. And I'm like, I would explain it to him once or twice. And then finally I got to the age where I'm like, dude, I'm done explaining it. I'm done going. And I stopped going to all family gatherings. You guys hear me talk about cutting people out of your life that are negative. Well, I had to do that to the extreme level. I had to cut my own family out of my life. Right. And so all I had left was my mom and my dad. And neither of them were a real model of financial success. So trucking through high school, right? I, uh, I specifically remember this and I wish I could find this teacher, but I could tell she was wealthy and it must've been her husband. I don't know what he did, but she drove a really nice car. Uh, the school that she worked at, there's no way she made that good of money. And I remember this kid who was a straight A student, cocky sucker, raise his hand in class. <clears throat> and he says, uh, Miss McGuire, if you had to pick one person out of this entire class, there's probably like 30, 40 kids in there, who you think will be the most successful one day, who would you pick? And of course the kid's fishing, right? He's fishing for her to say him because he's the best student. And I'm not even paying attention because I'm like, no freaking way she's saying my name. And she says, Matt Smith. And everybody looks at me like, are you high? Because I was by far the worst student. Like I, out of 210 kids, I was roughly number 200. And that, not in a good way. I'm talking like 10 from the being the very worst student in our grade. And I remember that and I'm like, I think she sees in me what I see in me, right? And like, that's all it took that got me through school. And so, but going through school, man, it was like brutal. Like my teacher's, my counselors, the principal, like they would meet with my mom and then they would have like these meetings with me of like trying to convince me like, Hey, like we're going to help you. Like we're going to get you in a good college and we're going to, and you're going to get to pursue the things you want to pursue. And I'm like, dude, you don't get it. Like I already know I, I have somebody like that. I know what I want to do. Like I'm going to do my own thing. I've always done my own thing. Like let me be, but the school system's broken. The school system is broken for entrepreneurs, period. And they're failing entrepreneurs all over the place. And because I felt like everybody was against me, and this is not an excuse. It just is what it is. It was like, it set me back a little bit and it put a lot of doubt, right? And so when I was 18 years old, I started my own lawn care business and it grew pretty quickly. And, you know, my mom was like, Still like, yep, going to college, you got to go to college, blah, blah, blah. So I went to community college for a year and long story short, I hated it. And I'm sitting in a marketing class because I was going to do some kind of business class. 
and the teacher's talking and he's teaching out of a book and he's teaching marketing and how you market a business. And like, I already kind of know how to market a business because I own one and it's, it's doing well, like for an 18 year old. I'm cutting like 50, 60 lawns a week and I'm making more money than by far anyone in my grade. I'm actually employing kids in my grade to, to basically weed whack while I'm cutting grass. And I raise my hand at the end of this class and I'm like, I just have a quick question. Uh, do you mind telling us what business you, you know, own or owned in the past? And the professor's like, uh, I've never owned a business. I've been a professor my whole life, but uh, I've taught on marketing for X amount of years and business and all this crap. And I went home that day and I said, mom, I'm done. Like I'm done learning from people that haven't done what I'm trying to do. How can somebody tell me or teach me how to market a business if they've never done it, right? And so long story short, that was the day I dropped out of college and I went all in. And so five years ago, I started a company called The Dirt Hunter. And I look back like on my life a little bit and everything basically that was, you know, going my way should have pulled me down to be a nine to five corporate guy. But thank God that I had somebody, that God put somebody in my life so I could follow my passions, right? And this message is for people out there, even like my age or older, who are like still stuck in that mindset of like, you know, dude, did I blow it? Like, man, when I was younger, should I have went to school so I could have had a secure job? Like, what does that even mean? Like, think about this. People say, well, being an entrepreneur is risky because nothing's guaranteed. Dude, nothing's guaranteed anywhere. Like you go work for a Fortune 500 company, dude, somebody's writing your check every week. Somebody's doing the budget for that company. And guess what happens when they're over budget? Things go, people go. How many times have you heard like, oh, so-and-so got laid off? Dude, that wasn't their choice. They weren't in control of that. Being an entrepreneur, man, at least you can go out and fight and try to freaking make ends meet, right? Like if you're broke, like it's up to you. Like it's your choice. And schools aren't teaching people that. Man, I was never taught how to like like deal with finances or how to start a business or that that was even an option. Like that was never even talked about. What was talked about was going to school and, and getting a secure job. And so, you know, I graduated in 2008, <clears throat> but... I make more money than the majority of the kids I, I went to school with. That's not for me to brag. That's just saying like, thank God that I learned there was another way. And listen, this is not a, to beat people down who take nine to five jobs. Like some people are wired that way, but some people aren't. And I'm freaking sick and tired of society and the school system just like beating these kids down, like teaching them that there's only one way and kids are going to school and college and, and going into massive student loans and sometimes not graduating or they are graduating and they can't get a job. And so mark my words one day, whether it's soon or later, I'm going to create something that's going to help kids who are purebred entrepreneurs. And I, I use the word purebred because what that means to me is like it's built in them right? Like from a young age, the, like the mindset was built in them. It's not something they saw on Instagram and thought was sexy and they want to do. No, like they are purebred entrepreneurs, right? Like I want to create a system where purebred entrepreneurs in high school have a chance to go on a different route. Like 
like they understand that anything is possible. They don't have to do society's only way. And so if you're older, man, and sometimes you get stuck in that mindset of like, did I blow it? Dude, you didn't blow anything, right? Like, like you're creating your own future. All of you guys are creating your own future. And I can guarantee you, man, when you, when you make it like to where you want to be, right? When your business is growing and thriving and you look at your lifestyle compared to the people that were telling you you're doing the wrong thing. Dude, when I look at my family's lifestyle, it's laughable compared to what mine looks like now. And that's not me being cocky. That's just me saying like, thank God that I trusted my gut and went with it because they're freaking trapped, right? They're slaves to their jobs. And it's insane to me. And so I wanted to hop on here for old and young people. And if you're young, man, and you're in school and you're like, dude, I'm not going to college. I want to own my own business. Everything I'm learning in school doesn't apply to what I want to do. You're probably right. I'm just being honest. Like most things that were taught in school do not apply to me. I was talking to Mitch a couple of days ago about like, like the science classes I had to take and some of the math classes I had to take. And like, first off, I don't like remember barely any of it, but at the same time, it doesn't matter because none of it applies to me. But dude, what if they were to take out some of those classes or give me the option to take classes for business purposes, right? And, and further me that way. So when I get out of school, I can hit the ground running and start my own company and actually have some knowledge, right? But the, but the system's broken. And until somebody recognizes it and fixes it, um, that's just the way it is. And so you have to be mentally tough. You know, my mom now is a supporter of what I do. And probably feels a little silly for, you know, even when I started the Dirt Hunter and I was 23 years old, uh, not a huge supporter, like not, not super thrilled, kind of actually kicked me out of the house because basically was saying like, I'm, I'm a bum because I didn't have a nine to five, like good job. Right. And so, but now that the business has grown so big, we have a ton of staff, you know, some, some payrolls I'm paying $20,000 a payroll and that's one third of what she makes the entire year, right? Like you feel a little bit silly at that point. And so stick to what you're doing, guys. Like stick to who you are. At the end of that video, I put up some text that said, do you? And what I mean by that is like, like be yourself, go after what you want. Life is so freaking short, man. Like we don't get to spend a lot of time here on planet earth I'm sure as heck not spending it doing a bunch of things I don't want to do. And you can call that lazy. You can call it whatever you want. But I'm just calling it living my life the way I want to live it and getting after my goals. Because, yeah, maybe I could hit some of my goals if I had a good job, but I'd be miserable. Like, I love the grind of being an entrepreneur. I love the grind of owning a business and, and growing it. And this sounds crazy, but I love the headaches that come with business. Like, I love the challenge, right? That's the whole point of being an entrepreneur is like you're up for anything. And so do you like be yourself. Like if you're like ever questioning, am I doing the right thing? I encourage you to sit down and like figure out first who the heck you are. That was a life changer for me, man. Like I was running in circles for a while and not like following people, but not really knowing who I was as a person. You got to know who you are. When you know who you are and you have the guts to stick to it and to not be ashamed and to not care what people think, 
it's when your life starts to change. It's when your businesses start to grow. It's when you start to grow as an individual. When you can just say, I don't give an F what anybody thinks of me. Boom. That's the most powerful place you can be in your life. Because when you don't care what people think, man, the sky's the limit. So I hope that encourages somebody today. Like I know this this whole thing is kind of about like the school system being broken or whatever, but more so like I just want you to get the message that, dude, you don't have to listen to everybody. Like if you don't do things the way everybody else wants you to do them, that's okay. As long as you're staying true to yourself, right? Like if you're staying true to yourself and you're truly like making you know, pursuing to make yourself better. Okay. Now, if you're like, well, F school, school's not for me, but then you don't do anything after school. Well, you're an idiot, plain and simple. Like, like you're the reason a lot of these people that take society's path are gung ho for it. So I'm talking to the people that are like me who, when I was in school, didn't see the value of it. But as soon as I got out, busted balls and went for it, man. And so if that's you or if that was you, just know you're not alone. If you guys ever need somebody to, to bounce things off of or if you're ever down, like that's normal. I want you to know that. And being an entrepreneur is one of the loneliest things you can do because it's one of the most rare things, right? Like everybody, and this is funny because what you're going to find for you young people when you get older, you're going to find that almost everybody hates their job. Everybody who has a, a, a J-O-B, if they don't hate it, they don't love it, right? And at everybody at some point is like, man, I would love to own my own business like you. That must be so awesome. Gosh, your schedule is amazing. Like, I couldn't imagine being able to do whatever I want whenever I want. Well, yeah, dude, it's because I didn't do anything for five years straight. And I stuck my head freaking in the dirt and just, you know, bulldozed through. And I didn't let myself focus on anything else. I didn't care what other people thought. I grew a pressure cleaning business, which was basically looked down upon. Like, like you know, some of you guys that own cleaning companies, you know how customers are. I remember I got a customer once and I was, it was my first year. It was one of my first customers. And I'm cleaning her windows by myself. And she goes, so what else do you do? Like, what's, what's your other job? I'm like, uh, ma'am, this is my job. She's like, well, do you go to college? No, I don't go to college. Well, are you going to so you can make a good living? Uh, no, ma'am, I'm going to grow this business, right? And it was almost like laughable because, dude, you clean glass. Like you spray water on houses, right? What you do is not that important. And, you know, now we still service that same customer and she sees that we have all these trucks, all these employees. And now she's like, your business is doing so good. I'm so proud of you and blah, well, yeah, dude. Well, guess what? Five years ago, you were basically laughing at me, right? That is normal. And being an entrepreneur is lonely, but I can guarantee you that everybody or most people who have a nine to five and they're getting older at some point in their life, they're going, man, what would it have been like if I owned my own business? What would it have been like if I took that path? It's very, very, very rare that I ever hear entrepreneurs say, man, I wish I would have went to college and got a nine to five corporate job. I don't know if I've ever heard that. And if I have, it was from people who weren't hungry enough to go build a business. So you're not alone. I know I'm kind of ranting here, but you're not alone. Like entrepreneurship is lonely and that's normal. 
hook up with some people, get an accountability group, email me, whatever you got to do, man, to stay on track. I'll be here for you guys. So I love you guys. Hey, again, if you haven't checked out the YouTube channel, Service Industry Coach, go check it out. There's a ton of videos on there and we're kind of upping our video game a little bit. If you look at the last two videos, that's kind of the quality we're trying to set from here on out or better. And uh, I'm trying to get a little bit creative uh, because A, it makes it more fun for me. So it makes makes me actually want to make uh, video content. Um, but B, it helps me stand out and I'm trying to do things better than you know some of the other guys out there that are creating similar content to me. And not only that, but I think a lot of the content we create, it'll actually help you guys grow your business. So uh, go check that out, Service Industry Coach. Do me a favor, please leave us a review on here. Uh, if you are on iTunes, leave us a review and, you know, whatever, you know, if this is helping you, I'd love to hear about it uh, or anywhere else you listen to it. And if you don't want to leave a review, if you could share this on your Facebook or in a Facebook group of entrepreneurs or service, you know, oriented business owners, uh, that would mean the world to us. And, uh, you know, through you guys is how we grow up. We don't pay to push our podcast, but we got a bunch of people listening to it now and it's super exciting. So, um, you know, today's podcast wasn't necessarily like, Hey, take this tip and go make money like a lot of them, but it was more so, uh, a podcast for you guys to say like, Oh dude, like I feel exactly what that guy's felt and it's normal and hopefully encourages you guys to keep pushing even when the days are hard. So we'll talk to you guys soon. I love you all and peace out.